right, hello everyone, and welcome once again to our Sweet Dreams podcast brought to you by the Moraine Valley um, Community College Sleep Technology Program. I am Tracy, the instructor here. Joining me today, I have three of my most favorite students here. If you guys would introduce yourselves. I'm Luna. Hi, my name is Justin. We do have one more. Are you there, Mia? Yeah, I didn't even hear them speak, I'm Mia. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't hear any of us. We have Mia that's joining us live on the WebEx uh, right now. And today, as promised, we are going to be talking about the case of Mr. Kenneth Parks. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Kenneth, Par Kenneth Parks, case, which I'm not super familiar, but we've kind of just been reading over it and watching a little bit of video about his case. Um, in 1987, he committed a crime. He actually killed his mother-in-law. He almost killed his father-in-law, um, and he was acquitted of the murder based on the evidence that said that he was sleepwalking. Now, the case is very, very interesting because coming from a sleep technologist and a sleep medicine point of view, we know and understand um, a bit about sleepwalking. Um, not the most. We're not doctors in here. None of us are, are physicians. Maybe some of us will be in the future. <coughs> but yeah. from what we know, we know that sleepwalking is possible. We know that um, sleep behavior disorder is a real thing. We've seen it in the sleep labs. Um, but we question some stuff about this case. Um, let's start off the conversation with talking about um, parasomnias. Anybody want to like open the discussion up about um, REM sleep behavior disorder or any other parasomnias? So I did some research on both. Mm -hmm. So I can talk a little bit about parasomnia, specifically somnambulism first. Ooh, that's a big word. Somnambulism. I like that. It's the scientific word for sleepwalking. Okay. Um, so let's see here. So parasomnias is a category of sleep disorders. Um, it occurs during sleep, and it's usually marked by significant muscle activity. Mm -hmm. um, so simply put, parasomnias are sleep disorders that result in physical actions that are usually not characteristic of sleep of sleep or or that like of that sleep stage right because we know that there are what four sleep stages right yes we have uh stage one two three and rem right and i mean we technically we could say uh stage sleep too and sometimes people consider that a sleep uh so that will be how many is that then five, five? five. okay so yes. we have wake our wakefulness we may see it sometimes look like wakefulness mm -hmm. and then stage one which to us, we see N1, which stands for non-REM sleep one, and then N2, right, non-REM sleep stage two. That's the way you really, your sleep. So stage one is that, what's the word that I'm looking for? Stage one is that transitional, yeah, like transitional yeah. sleep. And then when you go into stage two, which that's what we're looking at when we do sleep studies, that's when you're in like, you're sleeping now. Like you're not, you're not like dozing off, like you're asleep. And then we have stage three, which is non-REM stage three, which is that good sleep. Now, when I see patients, I don't care how old they are. When I see stage three sleep on, like, the PSG when we're running it, I'm always, like, 
just like a little bit jealous. Like, I know that they're in the best sleep of their life. Have you guys, anybody ever had anesthesia? No, no. I've not. No. Oh, no, actually I have. I had that recently, though, so. So they put you under? Yeah. What about you, Mia? No. Listen, I low-key understand why Michael Jackson was addicted. <laughs> best, <laughs> like, best sleep ever. Rest in peace, MJ, yeah, but I get it because being under anesthesia is like sleep. Like, you don't know what's going on. That's mm-hmm. the stage, so stage three is where you go when you're, when you're having a procedure. They put you under, under anesthesia, and you're in that really, really super deep sleep, which I love to see it. Um, I love to get it as much as I can, even though the older we get, the less stage three sleep we get unfortunately mm-hmm. when you guys hit 30 you're gonna be like what happened i used to sleep <laughs> so good i'm not trying to curse you or anything but you know that, that's <laughs> just what happened to me and then we have REM sleep which is a rapid eye movement sleep and that's where scientists say that's where we dream because our eyes are just moving all over the place and in that rapid eye sleep um our muscles are supposed to be in a paralyzed state we are not supposed to be moving or having any like muscle twitching going on anywhere in our body and when people have um rim related parasomnias they actually they escape that and they start having like muscle movements in their sleep mm-hmm. so th- it, it can get very you know we, the water is about to get real real murky when we start talking about this case here so i have in front of me um just a little bit of information so it says on this sheet and i believe this was from clevemed so when i told my students that i had information from somewhere and i couldn't bl- remember the place where i got it from i asked them what's the place you always go to when you think you have cancer and everybody's like WebMD, like we're all <laughs> shouting out stuff like is this cancer so i got this from clevemed which is a shout out to Cleveland. I hope maybe you'll sponsor us one day. That's my go-to, <laughs> do I have cancer, like, place <laughs> to go look stuff up. It says, non-REM parasomnias involve physical and verbal activity. You are not completely awake uh, or aware during these events. You are not responsive to others' attempts to interact with you, and you usually don't remember or partially remember the event the next day. They also say that the non-REM sleep parasomnia is now non-REM sleep is stage uh, two and three, one, two, and three. We would we would say it. You, it shouldn't be considered a parasomnia awake, right? So yeah, no. No, usually for like REM related, it's kind of considered you're both because hmm. it's kind of like I saw some on this um, this specific study that we can probably link somewhere that um, REM sleep behavior disorder um, occurs in REM and it has some characteristics of wake so some people think it's a mix of the two mm, like a conscious and unconscious yes. state like awake but not wake yes that's true because it, you talk right and you can interact yeah. uh, this 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 article says that a lot of aggressive movements happen during REM sleep behavior disorder of what I'm looking at from here. Like they say that the they make a lot of aggressive movements like kicking, punching, grabbing, or acting violent in the dream. And that's the REM-related um, parasomnia, like when you're in the dream state. But the non-REM-related parasomnia is where we actually find sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? So th- in that state, they're saying you don't remember what happened or, or things like that. It says, if you're a sleepwalker, you get out of bed and move around with your eyes wide open, but you're actually asleep. You mumble or talk. um, They call it sleep talking. 
um, and you perform many contact complex activities. Here we go. This is where it's going to start to get interesting, and I know that you are going to be very interested in this. Um, many you perform many complex activities such as driving or playing a musical instrument. Very, <laughs> right, what? exactly, right. Somebody, me or somebody sleep, but they blowing that trumpet, so don't get mad, you know. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> There's no way you are asleep and playing an instrument at all, right? So what, el what else have we found or that we know about, like, parasomnias, whether they're rim-related or not rim-related? Have you guys ever? Can you, can you look something up for me? What you got? I put down non-REM sleep arousal disorder. I didn't really like do too much research on that one, but I, that came up too, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Was it like the confusional arousals that yeah, you were talking about the last time? I guess yeah. I guess that is what it was. It said like they wake up confused yeah. and not really understanding anything. Didn't you have a patient like that a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, In I guess lab? that is what. Yeah. <laughs> She had confusion and arousal, right? She just sat up and, yeah. and like just sit there for a second and then just went back to sleep. I think that's in the category of confusion or arousal. I have a little something right here and it says, if you have this sleep disorder, talking about confusional arousal, you appear to be, um, and then it cuts off because I printed it out. I don't know why I have to go to paper instead of just using the computer. But it says conf confusional arousals are common in childhood and tend to decrease in frequency with increasing age. But I know that they, um, people just like, they'll sit up and their eyes will be open and they'll just be sitting there, not necessarily talking. I yeah, I was like, I don't know how long that would last for. Like they wake up confused, but like for how long? For how, I, we're gonna have to look that up. Did you did you put that? Do I have that information here? Did you look that up? No, I just like wrote it down. I think that was like towards the end of. Oh, the I got it. Here we go. I was just like I wrote that down real quick. I first I of all, I, first of all, when I saw this email, <laughs> I was like, uh, "You're gonna get on this podcast because I'm not about to read all of this." But. Uh, <laughs> I did my research. You did. Shout out to Mia, though. Even though she's not in the classroom, shout out to Mia. She did a lot of research to this email. And it's and it's a lot of good information. Um, this Everything here is going to be her getting into the case. So I don't want to spoil the case information. I'm looking for the confusion or arousal. I don't arousal. think I wrote that in there. I don't think. I don't, I'm just looking through it. I don't think that you did. But... But I know for sure that when we were talking last week, you had a patient who actually experienced yeah. a few confusion or arousals in their sleep. Do you guys have any memory of like sleepwalking or sleep talking? Anybody experienced that themselves? Uh, yes, my parents always recount a story of me sleepwalking. Um, and it actually checks out with how like the symptoms leading up to sleepwalking, it mm -hmm. checks out. We'll go more into that soon I'm sure yeah with the case but it was we were traveling to my aunt and uncle's house like a few hours away right. and it was like during um, like test weeks in like fifth grade so like I was under s some stress wait 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 you know I'm gonna ask you you were taking fifth grade tests and you were stressed out 
<laughs> well, there was there was these things called Terra Novas. They're uh-huh. like standardized tests. I uh. also it's good to mention that I went to a Catholic private school okay. for grammar school. So Got it. So they don't play. Yeah, they don't play around. Yeah. So there was a lot of it was basically doing like fifth grade level like SATs. Oh wow. For like the whole week. Oh yeah. Monday through Friday, yes. Wow. And, That's and then intense. It was intense, so I was exhausted, a little stressed out. Yeah. And then we had to travel for a long time. And then I my parents told me I had slept walk that night. I went into the room and asked for lotion. And I did that like three times and then once I was actually awake, and I remember this. I did the same thing, apparently, and walked into the room, asked for lotion, because I was a very dry kid. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) shout out to the lotion. Uh, Jergens, shout out (laughs) to Suave, Avino, we love you guys. Uh, Cocoa butter. (laughs) Keep us us moisturized. Keep us moisturized, yeah. But yeah, and then they told us, they told me, like, I don't need any more lotion. It was like the fourth time I was in there, and I was like, this is the first time. And yeah, they told me that I had slept walk over breakfast. Wow. And I did not believe them. But they had no reason to lie, so Wow. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. Anyone yeah. else remember or have any stories about sleepwalking? I have never slept walk. I mean I've moved in my sleep where like I like hold my arm up like mm-hmm. my told me like when we were at a hotel I've like had my arm up and I like slapped her because <laughs> we were sharing a bed. Get out of my bed. Why did you do that? And I was like, what are you talking about? She raised your hand up and then just slapped me. And I was like, I did not do that. Wait, why was she up? How did she know? She like woke her up. So she watched herself get assaulted and she didn't get out the way. If this were my sister, I would have told her. (laughs) I'm gonna need you to get out the way if you see me about to slap you. Well, because I I don't think she did. I just like went like this. Yeah. And then she didn't notice I was actually gonna like have my. I don't think I actually tried to slap her. I think my arm just fell. Right. That's what all big sisters say. <laughs> she did slap you, little sis. <laughs> she slapped you. This is your little sister? Yeah. Yeah, your big sister. She slapped you that time. She tried to say that she was having something going on in her sleep and she slapped you. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> what about you, Mia? No, I've never done anything like that in my sleep. What about talking? No, I don't. Nothing. I've never been told anything wow. but my mom. My mom talks in her sleep. Wow. Quite often. <laughs> and screams and laughs sometimes. Yeah, she got some behavior, some RBD going on over there. And she also, like, raises her hands up sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, you're freaking me out. Yeah. <laughs> I, still, I still do that. I, I used to sleepwalk when I was younger. And probably, I, honestly, I probably didn't stop until I was, like, in my 20s, to be honest. I would always wake up in my closet. Or in my sister's bed, my little sister's bed, like slapping her out of her bed probably. (laughs) But I would always like go in my closet and I would wake up in my closet or or different places. Um, Yeah, for a long time. I didn't stop doing that until I was like maybe 25-ish. So, and now even last week I I had a dream, a very vivid dream. I'm actually looking the dream up now too where we were walking and it was like a wooded area and I saw a, a big owl. He, how many feet is this? Like two, two feet? Like two, three, and yeah. he was on this tree and he was like two feet tall, right? Chilling, quiet. You know how owls are looking at you like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, look at this owl. And the people I was with stopped and looked at it and I kept going and I was like, look, they had two like six inch 
baby owls on this tree. Well, at least I thought they were baby owls because they were small. Yeah. And I stuck my hand out like, look, and they flew and they were flying around my head like bats. Oh and I gosh. thought that one was like on my neck and I slapped the crap out of myself <laughs> and with my neck. And my husband woke up like, what are you doing? <laughs> and apparently I told him something. Mm-hmm. But when I woke up, I realized I was like, I just got attacked by two owls. And I was thinking maybe they were nesting. You guys know how when you go by birds nest, mm-hmm. they, they, they can cut up if you don't, especially those oh geese. Yeah. Another, f- another funny story, we were living in Texas and there's a park and they had all of these like geese and every time they would nest, you know to stay away. We brought our friend to this park and she was like, look at the birds. And she had a daughter with her and the geese got up like, eh, eh, <laughs> like at her. And then her daughter, Charlie, shout out to Charlie, turned around and was like running away. And Christina's like trying to kick the bird in the throat. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's everybody's going around oh this wow, bird, so like yeah. leave the birds alone. So birds Pretty don't play. I run from all mean. birds. Like I run from all birds. I'm not scared of all birds. Yankees scare the crap out of me. <laughs> they, if they're nesting, like, and, and I never know when it's their season. I don't know. I don't follow, you know, what's happening with them. Mm-hmm. But I know that if you go around their nest, so I just slapped myself um, earlier this week in my, in my dream. So, so me and Justin may be able to kill somebody in our sleep and get Maybe. away with it. We'll find. <laughs> we'll find Maybe. out. <laughs> we just can't, just don't tell us where you live and then you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to, let me see, I wanted to play this clip so that uh, everyone can hear it. And I'm saying it's a clip, but it's like four minutes, I think. So let me roll it for a second, guys. In Kenneth James Park at age 24, six foot five inches tall, 280 pounds. On the night of May 24th, 1987, he was sitting in front of his TV in the living room, had fallen asleep, he woke up, put on his shoes, grabbed a set of car keys, left the house, leaving the front door uh, completely wide open, got in his car, left, leaving the garage door completely open. He drove through the streets of Toronto, 23 kilometers, which is 14 miles, went to the home of his in-laws, Barbara Woods and Donald Woods, uh, and in the garage, he took out his fire irons, went upstairs uh, to their bedroom. He nearly strangled his father-in-law, Donald Woods, uh, before he went to uh, his mother-in-law, Barbara Woods. Uh, He smashed her with a tire iron. She had brain uh, brain bleeding, but he stabbed her six times with a kitchen knife, and the stab through the heart killed her. He then went uh, to uh, the door, outside the door, the two doors of their teenage daughters, and they reported later that he was grunting in a very loud way like an animal. And it was terrifying, because then he stopped grunting, and he started again. Fortunately, he did, not, he did not enter their rooms. He left the home, walked into a police station at 4.45 in the morning, and he said, I think I killed somebody. I don't know what happened. I saw the face of Barbara Woods. It looked very sad to me, but I don't know what happened. I think I did something terrible. The police made a very important observation. He had cut the tendons of all his fingers, the flexor tendons. In the process of stabbing his mother-in-law and his father-in-law, the kitchen knife must have slipped through his fingers and he cut the flexor tendons. He showed no pain, he felt no pain. And in the subsequent trial, that was very important evidence to indicate that he was not really with it, not awake. Because people, if they're awake, will have incredible pain after cutting basically 10 tendons of your hand. Now he was acquitted in the trial that began a year later and this made Canadian legal history the first time 
the sleepwalking defense was successfully used in the murder case. Now, people will say, how could this be? Well, the, the evidence was really compelling. I reviewed the 1,737-page court transcript, which I analyzed in my book, Paradox Lost. And basically, I think the jury got it right. First of all, he had a sleepwalking history. At the age of 11, his mother caught him as he was about to leave the sixth floor window of their dwelling. I mean, he would have killed himself. He was always known to be a very, very deep sleeper. He also had an incredible family history of sleepwalking. 21st degree and second degree family relatives had parasomnias. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Uh, in covering four different parasomnias, sleepwalking, sleep terrors, sleep uh, uh, talking, and also sleep-related eating disorders. So he had the incre incredible family history. He had the uh, personal history. And on top of that, he had three major precipitating factors for people with a vulnerability to sleepwalking. The first, uh, the first factor was that he had been sleep-deprived 48 hours, which is a known risk factor for sleepwalkers. Second of all, he had major physical stress. He had played rugby on a very hot and humid afternoon in Toronto, and he was incredibly out of shape. So that's a, what we call a physical stress. And third, he had emotional stress. He had been a gambler, had gotten into major debt, and that was really weighing on him and, and really having an adverse effect on their marriage. Also, in the kind of witch's brew of his sleepwalking mind, the next day, uh, he had organized a picnic, a barbecue at his in-law's house. So in the sleepwalking mind, he was driving to his in-law's. He just happened to do it maybe 12 hours too soon in the wrong state of mind, in other words, the sleepwalking mind. Uh, how the violence and the murder entered in, we don't know, but basically he had no motivation to kill his in-laws, and in fact, when he first met his future wife, Karen, she was a teenage runaway, and he convinced her to go back to her parents. So the, his in-laws were immensely appreciative of him because he helped rescue their runaway daughter, told her, go back to your parents, he eventually married them, and they considered him like a son. In fact, Barbara Woods called him my gentle giant. And in fact, he murdered her. So there's really no reason at all for motive for murder. He had been a sleepwalker. He had the risk factors for that night. And he had the family history. And for that reason, the, the jury, I think, got it right by acquitting him. The prosecution in Canada can appeal a murder trial, unlike the United States. And on appeal, the acquittal was, uh, was sustained. It was basically supported. And, uh, and unfortunately, I heard that down the road, he eventually did get divorced. I think it's just too much of a strain on, on your marriage when your wife realizes you killed my mother, you almost killed my father. Although apparently he did well with clonazepam as therapy of his sleepwalking, but I think this is an extreme example of sleepwalking, but his unintentional behavior with tragic, tragic consequences. And obviously sleepwalkers should uh, avoid their precipitating factors in terms of sleep deprivation, physical stress, and deal with their emotional stress the best way possible. All right, guys, let's get into the juice. What, what do we think about this case? Let's go. There's a lot to unpack here. Mm -hmm. I'm with, um, I'm on the side that the jury got it right. Not saying that he was 100% sleepwalking or unaware, but in the case that there was enough evidence to acquit him of his crimes and there it would have been wrong to say that he was guilty amidst all that evidence. So I think they got... Say, tell me, state the evidence that you think that they had that was on point. So the evidence that I think 
was on point was the family history was a huge one. The personal history of sleepwalking in his past um, and all of the events leading up to trigger the sleepwalking episode all point to all, all scientifically aligned to mm-hmm. sleepwalking as a whole. So I think that would have been hard to manufacture. So in some of the, the things where people, go ahead, Mia. Were you, Me? about, were, you say, were you about to say something? No, not yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, some of, it says here, some of the symptoms and causes of people with par- parasomnia, as I'm reading here, is lack of sleep, like you said, irregular or irregular sleep-wake uh, schedules, like us sleep techs who, you know, we work overnight, three to four days a week, um, so we could be at a higher risk. But one of the things that they also pointed out was a genetics factor. Um, it says if there's a family history of pamli- parasomnias, you're more likely to have parasomnias. So you're saying because of like like how Dr. I forgot what the doctor's name was that was on here, how the doctor was stating um, it was a witch's brew because he has a family history, a personal history um, of it. He had the sh- emotional and physical stress and um, the lack of sleep. You think that that was strong enough evidence to not convict him of the murder? Yes. What What are you? Th- what are y'all's thoughts? Either one of y'all. I. Okay, so if I was on the jury, I would have to say there wasn't enough evidence to make him guilty. Mm-hmm. But in my personal opinion, mm-hmm. I have to say I just I can't wrap my head around the fact that he's not guilty. Mm-hmm. I mean. I know it says, like, driving and, like, all that you can do while sleeping in that REM stage. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take one quick pause here, and I'm going to open up for us. Um, I hope I, m- I made a playlist here and I didn't move it somewhere else. Just just pausing to where mm-hmm. you, what you were saying. I'm going to go to. No, that's not it. Oh, maybe it's under you. How about that? Maybe it's under playlist, and then maybe like my playlist should say sleep. There we go. I'm not trying to play all. I'm gonna play this little quick 59 second video. seeing here since no one can see is it's a clip of a man driving on an expressway it looks like and he's driving while asleep for a full minute it's pretty scary up pretty aggressively yeah when you hit something I'm sure um, <laughs> that's that's enough to, to wake you up 
I was trying to see how many minutes it was on this video that he was asleep. Would you guys say it was like a, at least one, at least one minute, right? Yeah, it says a full minute. A, a while full driving. minute while driving. Mm -hmm. So he fell asleep at the wheel while driving. Yes. Um, and he left. He was already. He was woke while he was driving. Fell asleep while he was driving and only lasted one minute mm -hmm. before an accident. And see, going back to my argument, if he was asleep, mm -hmm. quote unquote. This man who murdered his mother-in-law mm -hmm. got his keys, mm -hmm. yeah. put them in, put the right key into the hole. It's not like he fell asleep driving. He w got in his car, put the correct key, mm -hmm. started the car, mm -hmm. backed out completely of his driveway mm -hmm. or wherever he was, and drove 14 miles, not 14 minutes, right. 14 miles. 14 mm -hmm. miles, yes. To yeah. somewhere perfectly and then got into their house somehow yeah i'm sorry it's just like so well, hard to understand it does seem implausible do you know we don't have the perfectly part right this is 1987 mm -hmm. so there are no cameras there are no cell phones there probably aren't that many police in that area mm -hmm. so we don't know how long it took him if we knew what time he left and then mm -hmm. what time he got there then we could kind of have a time frame like okay you were mm -hmm. going 60 miles per hour you know and mm -hmm. you know whatever but we don't have that that absolute evidence of you didn't swerve i mean i mean maybe they looked at his car and can tell mm -hmm. if he had like mud or like trace his yeah. tire tracks or something like that mm -hmm. um but but we don't we don't have the absolutes of that one yeah. thing go, mia did you have anything to add to that to the case well i was gonna say i i didn't see this in the main video mm -hmm. i don't think but i watched a different one that said he brought a weapon from his car inside like I don't he, know if that's true or he not. Gra he went into their garage, I believe, and grabbed the tire iron. Um, yeah, so, like, he knew to still go grab something and then go into the house. Hmm. Yeah, with, with that with that thing, like, say it was sleeping. And then we, t we talked about the other case where that man was, like, choking his wife. Mm -hmm. If he was going to play the part of saying, okay, I was sleepwalking... And or he was sleepwalking. Why did he not just go upstairs and choke her? Mm -hmm. Why but did he, he have to go where the weapon was? Exactly. And why did he it. have to go grab a weapon? I think, and then um, um, I believe they said I was trying to listen. I believe they said he went to the father-in-law first, choked the father-in-law, and then got a tire iron. I need. I would have to like listen to that I again. No, I, I don't remember the order. He first got in the house. He grabbed the weapon. Okay. And tried to attack the father-in-law. Yeah. He woke up and then he couldn't get him off of the mom. So I found mm -hmm. like two conflict in the video we watched. Mm -hmm. um, it stated that he grabbed the tire iron from the garage, mm -hmm. but from some research I've done, it says he the tire iron was in his car. But mm -hmm. in both cases, he had the tire iron when he entered the house. When he entered the house, and yeah. they saw him. Yeah. The in-laws saw him with the tire iron already. So he had intent to do something with an enti with the tire iron. And what they said here in mm -hmm. this video and what we watched in the other video, mm -hmm. um, the other video was talking about um, how they didn't really explain why he was going over to their house. He was going over to their house to tell them about the gambling issue. Mm -hmm. And this this video just says he was going over there for like dinner or something. For so picnic. He had a he had a a reason to go over there and a serious reason that he was gonna yeah. Get, like, quote unquote get in trouble for yeah mm -hmm. and so I mean that's kind of I would I personally think his motive just because he looks upon these 
parents is like something like parents. 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 Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I don't want to disappoint them. And so, you know, he just is like exhausted mm-hmm. and like maybe he wasn't thinking right. And this is like, this I is the only way I can get out them. of this. Yeah. yeah. So let me kill them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the I only mean, thing I can think of. I mean, as yeah. a woman. For two more points to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. um, in response to that one minute video of that man yeah. driving. Go ahead. Um, so I think like this man was already driving and then he fell asleep. Mm-hmm. So he would have been unable to reach the deeper non-REM related sleep. sleep That's that a great point. Somnambulism or sleepwalking is characteristic of. So that's a that's a great point. Mm-hmm. One thing we can also look into here, though, with somebody who is driving, which will be highly irresponsible. And if and if anybody listens to this and they do this, that's very irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> do not do this. If you have narcolepsy, you go straight into REM. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's driving and they didn't take their cousin, whatever it is they've been prescribed, and you know they fall asleep, they like go from zero to REM, mm-hmm. like how babies do. Um, but even still, yeah, you know, but, but I mean, that's a good point. This guy, I mean, I mean, we don't know if that guy in shooting or our the guy Kenneth had, had narcolepsy. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. he's had some REM issues and and sleepwalking, mm-hmm. but sleepwalking has nothing to do with narcolepsy. Yeah, so correct. I mean, yeah, I I read an article about okay, so how do we know that a person has um, a parasomnia? And like even with with this case of Kenneth Park. He had to have a sleep study done. He had to come and see us. Yeah, come see us yeah. before you go sit on that um, <laughs> on that case and slide me a couple of dollars so I can tell them what you, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> but he had to come and get a sleep study done. Um, and that's where they come to the sleep lab and we hook them up with various wires. But for him, it would be majorly important that we probably did a full EEG hookup on him during his sleep just to s- check out the other areas of his brain, um, which I believe they did do, um, uh, they did a PSG, they did an EEG. I believe they might have did, um, it was something else that I read that they that they did, something with video for him, but he um, showed that he was having abnormal brain spikes and abnormal activity during that specific sleep state. I think that's a really good point to bring up, though. Like, if you're if you fall asleep at the wheel, nine times, nine point five times out of ten, um, you are not going to go into that deep sleep. You're probably going to be in like stage two, in between one and one and two. Mm-hmm. Depends um, on how sleep deprived you are. Yeah. Because it's, I believe, typically like twenty to thirty minutes. You're in stage one, mm-hmm. and then you transition into stage two. Well, really, in stage, I mean, depend like you said, depending on how sleepy you are, mm-hmm. stage one can go from one minute to five minutes, like really quickly into mm-hmm. stage two, especially if you're sleep deprived. Yeah. How many times have we seen, or you guys will see, people that come in, they're like, I'm dead tired, and they just want to be hooked up, and they mm-hmm. lay down, and you do your biocals, and mm-hmm. sometimes you so can't many. even get through biocals because yeah. they're just yeah. like out. So many. Mm-hmm. And they're I like, mean, I've had people who fall asleep in their chair while I'm getting the yeah. wires on them, and I'm just like, they're already asleep. Yep. That's why I like to hurry up and do my body wires, and then I do my O's in the back of their head, just in case. I'm like, all right, go ahead and lay down. I can do the rest mm-hmm. <laughs> while you're laying down, <laughs> if I had to. Typically, I do that maybe with kids. But um, one thing, anything you, you wanted to add, Mia? Or any questions? Um, right now, 
we can keep talking. I still have like my points I need to make, but I don't think we're there yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We gotta, we gotta get there. We gotta get there. Cause we're getting there. <laughs> I'm about to make a big point. Like I thought that the driving was it for me, and be and like you cannot drive, right? Even if you can't drive, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you were sleep deprived, right? You're sleepwalking. You get in the car, you start the car, and then you realize you're you're not you're not sleeping anymore, right? And you're woke, and your mind is still saying, "I'm going to my in-laws' house," but you're up while you're driving. And then at some point you fall back to sleep, right? And let's just say, all right, you're you're there now. You're more relaxed. You know where you are. You just get in the car. Boom. You go to sleep. You wake up. You're sleepwalking from that point on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because I'm like, for me, the driving is just killing it. But one point that doctor, the doctor brought up in the video to me that I found to be like, I don't know if I would have acquitted him after that is him cutting his tendons mm, so he had correct. finger yes. cuts they said yeah. from the knife from from stabbing and fighting um um uh, in between his fingers so to me that's not necessarily it is it could be very well a sign of sleep but if anybody has ever had an adrenaline rush that's what adrenaline is supposed to do i've had many friends like in high school and stuff that happened where people will get into fights and when you mm. get a, look at boxers Look at sports players. Mm -hmm. They get these horrific injuries, and they don't feel certain things until their their adrenaline rush leaves. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Here's a a quick definition. I'm going to read something here from shout-out to WebMD. Uh, (laughs) Shout-out to all of the cancer sites that we look up to make sure we don't have. Do I have sleep cancer? Like, what's sleep cancer? I don't know, but WebMD is telling (laughs) me. Do I have it? Do I have it, though? Uh, How do we pronounce this word, you guys? Epinephrine, right? Epinephrine. All right, so Justin's mom's a nurse. Shout out to the nurses. <laughs> um, epinephrine is meant to shield our body from something harmful. The release of adrenaline helps increase your mental concentration. It does not take away the pain. Rather, it distracts you from the sensation of it. An adrenaline rush can heighten your abilities, making you feel invincible. That's the end of a quote, you guys. I, I literally just read this off the computer, off of uh, WebMD. So, you having cuts and not feeling it, to me, I'm like, okay, that's an adrenaline rush right there. Yeah. Um, you're not going to feel it until your body dumps all of that off, and then you're like, what did I do? Um, so, wh- what are your guys' thoughts about that? I personally, with the cuts and healing, I don't even even realize if maybe it wasn't even an adrenaline rush. I mean, we don't even know if it didn't hurt him. I mean, maybe it did, and he was just like, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I mean. Well, they said that these cuts were very like deep in his yeah, yeah cutting his tendons probably because of the knife. And I feel like I don't understand how you would sleep through something like that. Yeah, that would wake you up definitely. I mean, if we looked at that video and we were saying that this video of this guy driving Mm -hmm. is proof that you can drive while sleeping, Mm -hmm. he woke up after he hit that. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. If you cut your hand mm -hmm. so deep that even doctors are like, this Mm -hmm. is a deep, deep cut, Mm -hmm. and you're still sleeping, Mm -hmm. how? So I have some information here about symptoms of a sleepwalking episode. Mm -hmm. So the one in point to respond to that is sensory perceptions are virtually switched off during Mm -hmm. a sleepwalking episode so while a person can navigate around objects because of habit Mm -hmm. 
uh, in this case, driving to their in-laws house, which he's probably done a countless of times. Right. Um, a person during a sleepwalking episode does not fully perceive any sight, smell, sound, or even pain. So that could explain Crazy. that he was not feeling anything. I think that that absolutely could explain it, but mm. is that absolutely what happened? We can't know. For we, you sure. know, we we can't we can't know for sure. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, I wonder if there's some type of hybrid, right, of of mm -hmm. non-REM and REM coming together mm -hmm. and coming in and out of the dream state and consciousness. Because mm -hmm. if you, because he said, it, I think I saw her face and she looked sad. Like that was a quote. Yeah, there. he said he saw mm -hmm. her face. Right. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you were, I mean, if, if that would have to be seconds of switching, constant switching. It wouldn't have because if you noticed within 10 seconds that you were doing that, mm -hmm. you would stop. Well, how do you differentiate that from a dream? That's very true. true. So if you come out of that state, right, and now mm -hmm. it's real, you're in the real and you're seeing what's actually happening mm -hmm. and you're like, could be thinking, am I dreaming? Because I really thought that those owls were like about to get my neck. Like mm -hmm. I, had, you know, like, but, but at the same time, I felt like I was conscious of it and I knew yeah. I slapped myself and I knew that I heard my husband say something and I thought that I was telling him they're trying to get my neck or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like I was in a in-between state but then if you knew that it wasn't a dream, then mm -hmm. you would stop. Because you thought that that mm -hmm. was real, and that's the thing. Yeah. If you I thought I you were dreaming, and you're mm -hmm. killing someone that you love, mm -hmm. why are you still doing it yes. without intent? Yeah, so it's hard to say, like, because all of our accounts of dreaming is, like, after the fact. So mm -hmm. we don't really know for sure, like, what we're feeling throughout the dream. But in my case... Um, my dreams are kind of like I'm on autopilot, like from the point of view, like after the fact, like it feels like I'm doing all these things mm -hmm. and I kind of don't have control of it. Mm -hmm. um, so it could be that could explain it as well, that he was kind of not in control of his body. Yeah. Um, he was just yeah. kind of like going yeah. along with the dream, like everything yeah. was already planned out for him and he was just had to follow the steps that it was and in that point you would just uh question the person's love for you or like they're fantasizing about mm -hmm. it right because if i if you keep going if you think you're dreaming and you're like let me see how i would do it yeah, you know like i just want to do the dream right like have you ever had a dream you didn't want to wake up from mm -hmm. yes you know like yes. mm -hmm. and some of them for uh me have you had a dream you ever wanted to wake up from you never wanted to wake up from Oh, yes. I, I mean, I'm not going to ask you which one it is, but, <laughs> like, I Tell feel like we've all had that. <laughs> we've all had dreams <laughs> we don't want to, you know, and then I kind of low-key get mad when I can't go back into that dream, mm -hmm. like, in that same mm -hmm. night. So, um, and they're not, maybe for uh, some people, they're not always good. Maybe, you know, unfortunately, it can lead to these, you know, kind of events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think going back to the case well, i watched this video of this girl and she was kind of giving like different point of views of what she think could have happened that night mm -hmm. and she was saying like maybe he was sleepwalking and he went to the house like normal like he wasn't acting out but they tried waking him up and that's why he just like went crazy and got aggressive because mm -hmm. don't they say like they get aggressive i don't know if that's true or not mm -hmm. like you're not supposed to wake up someone who's sleepwalking yes yeah, so yeah attempts so attempts to wake someone while a sleepwalking episode sometimes it it just doesn't work you can't wake them up um, other times it can elicit elicit violent responses mm -hmm. so that's why uh, medically 
um, the advice is to just let them be if they're having a sleepwalking episode. And in the case of uh, sleep technologists in the clinical setting, we are also advised um, not to disturb them or try to wake them when they're having an episode like that. So who's to say he has his higher iron already? That's a good point, yes. Do you, if, if they tried to wake him up, he didn't run downstairs and go get this higher mm-hmm. iron and then go back upstairs and go beat them with it. Mm-hmm. And like, I would believe yeah. it, again, like I said, if he was choking them with his hands and that's all the lessons he has is just his hands, then I would believe it. But it's the tire iron. Like, I, like I, yeah. I keep thinking holes in this. Like, I'm like, I, like, I mean, the driving thing, okay, I maybe can believe that because I was a little off, but now I can believe it. Mm-hmm. And then I was almost going to side with you, Mia, with the, yes, it can be violent because I did have a patient who told me they've slapped people and they've punched people in their sleep when people tried to wake them up. So I was like, okay, but then the tire iron yeah grabbing a weapon yeah. and yeah, in the case he, grab he would not need a tire iron for the case of mm-hmm. confessing his gambling addiction or for the case of mm-hmm. going to have a picnic yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. crazy i'm looking Very at crazy. another um parasomnia here is this one sleep room related uh, yeah. yeah this one is room related i think it's called um sleep related hallucinations it says, if you have this sleep disorder, you experience hallucinations as you're falling asleep or waking up. Uh, you may see things, hear things, or feel things, um, or feel things or feel movement that doesn't really exist. You may leave your bed to escape what you're experiencing. I feel like I probably had more of that going on, too, when I was young, because I thought it was a lizard. And it was always a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> it was always a lizard in my bed. You guys don't even know the, like, the story. No, so living in New Orleans, like where we lived, we got frogs and stuff like that. And we got lizards, like they were little white baby lizards that were clear mm-hmm. and then sometimes green lizards. And they would be all in the backyard and stuff. And sometimes they would get in the house. And them, I'm not afraid of them, but I don't mess with them. You know, like, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm good. Right? You stay over there, I stay over there. And I stay here and, and we're good. But yeah. I would always think that they would be in my bed. And I feel like and I feel like it would be moving and I would feel it. And that would kind of fall under like a hallucinogenic mm-hmm. type of mm-hmm. a thing. But I think if this is really real with this gentleman and, and God bless him and anybody else who's going through this, I feel like it's a mixture of sleep disorders here. I'm feeling like mm-hmm. because like we were talking about the in and out of consciousness, um, are you hallucinating? Were you? Do you like? Do you think that you were hallucinating? Like just to be inside someone's brain, you know, mm-hmm. brain during this time, your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could be. I mean, but I mean, would that be? Because I mean, you said that it's just like a feeling, and you, you kind of like, oh, I feel like there's something in my bed. And then yeah, kinda like, crawling on me. Yeah. But like, would it be to the point where you're hallucinating to the point where you drive to somebody's house, go into their house, get a weapon? go up to the correct room and, and, and try and beat someone till you kill them? I mean, what's on your heart, bro? Like, what, that's what's what on saying. your heart? That's what I'm saying, what though. I don't know. I mean, unless he was, I mean, and, and say that he was asleep, if he was kind of having those, then he was having those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can't obviously convict anybody of having those thoughts, right. but he was having violent thoughts against his in-laws. Yeah. I think we do have to take into account like that he was awake for I don't know exactly how long it was, but I think it was at least two days he did not get enough sleep. Sixty hours. Sixty hours. So yeah. he was definitely sleep deprived and feeling a lot of symptoms from it. And I have on um, the 
this is from healthline.com it's like the five stages of sleep deprivation Mm -hmm. so after 24 hours of not sleeping you'll typically feel like drowsiness irritability anger risk of stress decreased alertness brain fog fatigue Mm -hmm. after 36 hours you have impaired memory behavioral changes impaired decision making increased errors difficulty processing social cues and after 48 hours you have depersonalization anxieties heightened stress levels extreme fatigue mm-hmm. increased irritabi- mm-hmm. irritability mm-hmm. and at stage four i'm awake for 72 hours here's where it kind of helps his case mm-hmm. um, you start to feel illusions delusions disordered thinking and more depersonalization so he could have been having a delusion about something mixed with his sleepwalking episode and disordered thinking something like going along with how if you try to just wake someone up from an episode they'll act violently he could have any number of things could have been wrong in his brain due to sleep deprivation Mm -hmm. um to the point where he would have acted out to harm his in-laws what I thought more of not sleepwalking but more of like he was going through something like remember I was saying like a blackout and mm-hmm. he's having like a breakdown and he yeah. kind of doesn't know what's going on but you're not mm-hmm. sleeping you're still awake but you're just more of confused mm-hmm. then I still don't think he should have been acquitted though I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna say that you were not sleeping and you were not aware then you still should have got some kind of manslaughter or something like that not mm-hmm. fully Invol- involuntary in that case I mean, yes I mean, it, maybe it wasn't full-on planned murder, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you still killed someone. You were still fully conscious, mm-hmm. even if you weren't there. You right. weren't, it wasn't a, I was sleeping, and right. I didn't have any control over it. You had control over it. You just were blacked out, which yes. is kind of hard, but I still don't think he should have got completely off because somebody did die. And then keep in mind, also, this mm-hmm. did happen in Canada. So we, we, we're, yeah. di- we're discussing the Canadian case based on American that's law. Sh- so and, mm-hmm. and they did say that it was a landmark case in Canada. Mm-hmm. And Mia, I am seeing where you did write about him. Like, that will wake you up if, you're, if you had that kind of cut, like, on your hands. You brought up another interesting point that I did not see. You said, but when they interviewed the kids yes. and explained, uh, they explained that they did not hear him yelling but they heard him grunting. Mm -hmm. And when people talk in their sleep, they usually spit out random words and grunts and moans. So they heard that. Um, Yeah, because he was trying to say, in his point of view, he heard the kids and he was trying to yell out like, kids, kids, because in his brain, he thought they needed help. Mm. But on the outside, he really wasn't yelling out. They said they only heard him grunting. That's like confusing, but like. <laughs> no, it's 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 really it, <laughs> because you know I feel like I've tried to say something and I don't know if my words mm-hmm. got out clear while I was sleeping or not. Um, you also brought up and I have not looked at this. I would I would love to look at it. I don't know if you guys probably can't see it, but you were talking about the case of Chris Watts. What is this about? Oh my God, you have to look up like you have oh to like God. get into it because there's like a lot of stuff about it. Mm-hmm. But he was, like, a complete, just, like, a wife and a husband, Mm -hmm. okay? Normal. Normal life. They lived their life, like, on the Internet. The wife was, like, uh, what do you call that? Like, an influencer type Mm -hmm, of thing? mm -hmm. So, like, they're in the public view. They're normal. Just a family with kids. And he was always so nice and blah, 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 right? And eventually he started cheating on her. And 
started to get fed up because she's pregnant again and he didn't want like obviously he wanted to be with the girlfriend and he doesn't want another baby because then he's going to be stuck with the wife and then he she was like kind of like on him and like giving him a hard time and he was getting angry she doesn't want to be with her no more but like you know like this is kind of my example like he was getting upset now he's getting anxiety because he wants to leave her he Mm -hmm. can't leave her because he has a baby on the way so he's Mm -hmm. freaking out and then one night he killed her and the baby just like out of the blue he killed them all and then hid them so in this case he definitely has like i feel like sometimes people like they're normal people but it was like a breakdown because they said that he's never acted out of character like that before Hmm. that was a really case though you have to like (laughs) what what were you saying um justin so in this case like i agree with like all the symptoms like building up to the the murder but in this case which is very different from the kenneth parks case is that he has motive to murder the wife and children because he wants to be with his girlfriend instead yeah but in the case of kenneth parks like he had no real motive to kill his little motive motive. so with that my my thought process with that is he wants like he was very distraught because his wife he thought his wife was going to divorce him because he like went into gambling the embezzlement stuff too Mm. but his wife was like i still want to be with you you just have to own up to it and tell my parents your mistakes so in my head like he really was remorseful about his gambling and he wanted to make up everything and like do his best to make amends Mm -hmm. so i don't think murdering his in-laws would it would do the opposite of what he was trying to do in my head and also going to the police right after if he did want to murder them was would not be a (laughs) would not be a good well you would kind of have to go right afterwards because not just because your injury Mm -hmm. but if your mo is going to be out with sleepwalking, sleepwalking you're gonna have to you're gonna yeah, have to bite that you're gonna have to bite that bullet and that's true and um, you're just gonna have to hope and pray that they leave you even that's where my thing is is like people are like oh it's like right for you like mm-hmm. oh yeah well why would you go to sleep well if his whole motive is yeah, i was sleepwalking I he's not gonna go oh, never gonna go considered back to sleep. that he had the idea of him just sleepwalking in, that totally in the first place but know? i still don't think like i feel like owning up to it would be much better than murdering his <laughs> in-laws because you know like even if if he wanted to be with his li- his wife and make amends like in his relationship murdering her parents are not it's, it's gonna not, help it's not a good way anyway. though it's not a good way here's what i think happened i think he was awake for 60 hours he knew he had to do this then it's like bottom line no here's here no here's <laughs> this is definitely what i believe I don't think he had a planned murder. I don't think he planned it out and was like, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I think he didn't sleep for 60 hours. He knew he had to do this thing. He was delusional. Mm-hmm. He was awake, though. I think though. he had more of he was delusional. Yeah. Like, I think it was more of, and he just was like, you know, when when we all know, because we study it, we also mm-hmm. experience it. Mm-hmm. When you're tired, you make really poor decisions. Oh that was just God. a very mm-hmm. poor, poor decision. Yeah. He was just like, I have to get this problem out of the way. And he's like not thinking straight and he was just like kind of blacking out like Mia said and just kind of yeah I mean here goes a little bit more devil's advocate for you guys so that we can kick this around (laughs) a little bit (laughs) I I don't know he has a history of embezzling from his company Mm -hmm. he had a past of gambling stopped gambling going back to gambling 
I don't feel like he's remorseful. I think that he does. He did have. He needed psychiatric help. Mm-hmm. Gambling is a yeah. disorder. Mm-hmm. And not only was yeah. he gambling with their, they were about to lose their home. Like everything was like falling apart. Mm-hmm. But even before that, like they went to the racetrack and he he got a high off of winning thirty seven dollars. Yeah. I mean, I know it's nineteen eighty seven, but thirty seven dollars still wasn't gonna give you. Yeah. It wasn't a car yeah. payment, you know. But and then you got you went to this company and you embezzled money mm-hmm. after that. And then you got caught and you got fired and then you mm-hmm. gambled. And then you continued to do it. And you it. continued. Even it's a mental disorder. You found out you mm-hmm. still continued to do it. And shout out to his wife. She kept taking him back. Even mm-hmm. after, I believe, even yeah, after he murdered. Yeah, she stayed with him after, yeah, yeah. for a little yeah. bit. Be, but she kept, she but you know why she, they got divorced? Because he kept gambling. Mm-hmm. He had a straight up mental disorder. He kept gambling Yeah, after he, the fact. he kept gambling. And then. I had a, I have to find that video that I watched when it was like they finally got divorced because she couldn't. I mean, of course you killed my parents, but you were still like loving him. And I think when he was in jail is when she's um, like she was going to see him in jail. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to get the facts straight, you guys. But I believe after he got out, they got divorced, and it was something related to gambling. Does anybody know where he is now? No. Not I anything. tried so hard. Did you find <laughs> any information at all? No. I sent you that stupid little article. Hold on. I found. I don't know if it's true or not. Go ahead. Which one? Which one are you talking about, Mia? All it says is that he has six children. Five are. I don't know how to say this word. Five are in the Durham board. Yeah, it's in Canada, probably. That they couldn't reach him for like any comments about anything that's all i found on him like he does not exist anymore <laughs> so <laughs> apparently i wonder if it's on my other computer apparently he was about to run for some type of office mm. in wow. canada yeah okay. it says he's running for trustee of the school trustee yeah I, and i think it was a few years back maybe like 2019 or 13 something mm-hmm. like that however he popped up trying to run for office for a school position now i'm sure he is heavily medicated now on medications <laughs> that um does anybody know what which meds help this type of disorder um the doctor in that video said he was on clonazepam i believe and do you know if they said this was a non-rem or a rem does this was a non-rem parasomnia It's just a, it's just a, a very, very uh, benzodiazepines and benzodiazepines. What's the difference here? Benzodiazepines and benzodiazepine receptor, receptor agonists. And ag- so there, there is medications that you can take um, apparently mm-hmm. um, to help parasomnias. Um, mm. Yeah, so hopefully he's well medicated and um, nothing like this has happened again. Mm-hmm. And like those other people we were talking about, like where he kept it kept happening. Like he was he was waking up out of sleep and he choked his girlfriend and like he would get physically violent with her. Yeah, that's and it kept thing, happening. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like this has never happened. And what he says is he would have to have that happen to him, and maybe like non-violent things have happened, but mm-hmm. he never did anything violent again. Well, I mean, but if you're medicated, that's you know. true. But like, with how mm-hmm. long? 
How long did before he was medicated? And apparently he might have been medicated before. Like if my if I caught my child about to jump out of a six story window or balcony, like mm. I'm going to the doctor mm. at this point. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So maybe he just never went through the stress and sleep deprivation to cause another episode. Right. Maybe. And then we do have to remember that this was 1985, mm-hmm. right? So, or 87, or 87. 89. I'm getting 89. Let's see, when did this happen? I think it was 87. I think it happened in 87. And the then he. Wikipedia is the most reliable source. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, you know, they didn't have probably the medications and, of course, all of the knowledge that we have now about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mia, I'm putting you on the spot right now. What do you, how do you vote in this case? How, what's your verdict? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I still, and at the end of the day, like, I feel like he still, he still killed somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, he still did that. So he's guilty, right? But he, but do you charge him, uh, as though he, you know, like, what, what do we charge him with? I mean, he killed somebody, right? But what what are the charges that he could have been facing? Murder charge, attempted murder, I think, are the two that he was charged for. Uh, murder charge, murder and attempted murder? Yes, one charge of murder well, and one charge of murder. Well, instead of sending you to prison, can't they send you to, like, the psychiatric, like, type stuff? But I feel like he wouldn't need to go there. I don't feel like, like that was such to the point where he was, like, I'm crazy. I think he was just sleep deprived. Not even just being crazy, but like you still did something yeah, like and you don't even remember it. That's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, how do we know he didn't remember it? I don't know. That's the thing. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. The mind is such a, a curious place. It really is. I mean, he could be lying. We don't know. It, you know, it really is. And like, and I still stand on the on the fact that he had a mental disorder. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think he had some sort of issues and some sort That's of true. He still had other mental stuff happening, so. Matt, all right. And then, all right, let's see. What what's, what was he um, being sentenced with? What, what, what? One charge of murder and one charge of attempted murder. Okay, so, and I have to realize that this is also Canada. Yes. So we don't know what it will relate to here. So, third-degree murder, all other kinds of murder. Sentences are, mm, let's see, voluntary, maybe this is what we were looking for, involuntary manslaughter. That's what I was thinking he should have been charged with. Yeah, they could have done that. It's still like, still if, did like it. if you accidentally hit someone with your car, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. even though you didn't mean to hit somebody with mm-hmm. your car, you still hit somebody with your car, so you still should get punished for it because mm-hmm. still somebody got hurt or somebody got killed. Mm-hmm. That's like the same thing. Max five years, like he could have yeah. done that. Uh, he might have done a little time, right? Like no, maybe like two years. But he didn't get. Oh, no, he did yeah. a year then because wasn't his trial in 1988 or was it 89? Because he was in jail in 1987, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, probably in jail just during his trial, but he didn't mm-hmm. like really. He didn't serve anything. Do the time for it. Mm-hmm. Oh. But the thing is, like, if he was sleepwalking then like he is also sort of a victim too Mm. um so i don't know if that would be Uh, like a victim or 
Like what's the like what's the word I'm looking for? Because victim means you got victimized, right? Like something happened to you. Mm-hmm. Well, in this, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like he's a um. Like definitely the the father and mother-in-law are the the victims. But he's, he's also a. It's got to be another word for it. Yeah. Right. What what are we? Kind of like a secondary victim, I guess. <laughs> I feel like secondary. Like yeah. secondhand victimization. Right? Yeah, so secondary victim means the victim's spouse, children, parents, and siblings, and any person who resides in the victim's household mm-hmm. at the time of the crime. So the kids would be secondary victim. Were they there at the grandparents' house or were they at their house? The kids were at the in laws, I believe. They were there. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. This sometimes I feel I like there's holes. Wait, that's another words. point, though. Why didn't he go hurt them, too? Because he didn't, I feel like because he didn't have a motive, like, to go hurt them. He let them be and left. Mm, that's a good point. Exactly, if he was going to, yeah. So I think in the story, um, he had to go see the grandparents. In the story that he was going there to confess about the embezzlement and gambling. So he would have had to see the parents, and then one of the parents tried to wake him up, which elicited the violent response. Um, so he had no reason to go see the kids, and maybe the kids were too scared with the grunting and the weapon to try he to said wake him he up. He knew they were in there. Even though he's sleepwalking, and so how would he know that they're in there and knew to walk away from them? Exactly, because mm. if he was, if say he was aggressively mm-hmm. awakened, mm-hmm. wouldn't he attack everyone that you saw? Because if you're attacking the mom, the mother-in-law, mm-hmm. because the the dad, the father-in-law woke you up, and you're gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna mm-hmm. attack him. Why wouldn't you attack the kids? Yeah, that's hard to say, because that we have to like know what's going on in his head. Because I feel like you can, someone could attack you in like a room full of people, and you can know not to attack anyone else, and only the aggressor. Mm-hmm. You know, so we like that's I don't know. I feel like that's hard to make. But you're any talking about doing wakefulness, right? That's true. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh mm-hmm. God, this is this is it's so <laughs> sticky. There's so guys. Yeah, there's holes a lot of just thing that you're like, could you fall down so many holes and be like, I figured mm-hmm. it out, and then there's right. like, no way. My yeah. goodness. Because I because like when we talked about this before. I yeah, said, you were like, no. No, uh-uh. I said I said the driving <laughs> thing was a thing. Yeah. Dude, I can now see. It's maybe, a thing. Maybe that's a thing. It's the fact that, okay, I almost believed it when they said maybe he was violent because he got woken up. Mm-hmm. It's the tire iron. Why did he bring that mm-hmm. inside? Mm-hmm. He didn't go, uh-huh. he didn't, they didn't wake him up and he went, hold on one second. Let one me go moment. run downstairs and go get a weapon and then run back mm-hmm. upstairs. Like, that's not what happened. Yeah. yeah. So, my thing is, like, we're, like, poking holes in the story, mm-hmm. but it's mostly just, like, conjecture and, like, trying to think of, like, reasons like logical reasons of why he would do stuff but like with the hard evidence like his family history yeah. Yeah. his personal history um the symptoms matching up the the triggers leading up to the episode i feel like you can't really or me personally i can't if i was on the jury i would not be able to no. i think yeah. it would be a hung jury I yeah whether or not like no, that's he the thing murdered. i have to agree I, if i was on the jury i'd have to say there's not enough evidence Mm-hmm. I mean, in my personal, to convict, like, yeah. to convict them, I think I could poke holes in this, but it's not my, it's not me. I'm not, no. I'm not getting the evidence. I'm not exactly. looking for it. I just have to make, I have yep. to decide with the evidence mm-hmm. that yeah. we have, 
is he guilty yeah. or not, and I would have to say that he's not, because there's just not enough yeah. evidence to say that he is. Well, that's why they could have just went with manslaughter, like, you still killed someone, that's but... That's what I'm saying. They, they, they may not have it. Him. They may not, they may not have that in Canada. Yeah. I'll have to look that up and, and see I if they do. Right, because we're talking about, like, here, you know, in the States where we are. Uh, shout out to Canada. I love it there. Vancouver, <laughs> one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Stanley Park, um, wonderful. Um, I love Canada. One thing, one thing. I keep saying one thing, but I'm like, <laughs> I can, we can just, like, keep going with this. It was something that you guys brought up, and I thought it was uh, – very interesting um but you know you can if a, a jury is hung then the judge makes the decision and i feel like i would be like we're gonna have to leave this up to you because it's the, the evidence i would all right coming from the prosecuting side if i were not on his defense but if i was on the prosecuting side i would want to see him no medication 30 to 60 days mm -hmm. video recorded every night mm -hmm. um well, they should make him Stay awake. Again. Exactly. Simulate, I would replicate uh, that. I would replicate and it. See like, if he gets and see if he and see. And and kind of, I don't know. But I, I don't know. I don't know because he. The thing is, is he had a motive. He had kind of a reason to go. Well, yeah, but if now he's sitting in trial, maybe going to prison. So I feel mm -hmm. like that's enough to be like worked up a little bit. I guess. And you killed someone already, so it's like. <laughs> that's true. I guess. I hope that, um, and I, I don't know if everybody feels this way, but I feel like um, I don't want to take life for granted. Like, life is precious. Like, somebody lost mm -hmm. their life, their mother, their wife, exactly. their grandmother. You know, like, somebody uh, has has died. And just for me, in the event, because, you know, me and Justin could actually get away with this kind of murder because we sleepwalk. Not But... I think that I would put myself somewhere. Mm -hmm. Honestly, even with medication, I would I would look at my spouse and be mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I can even live with myself mm -hmm. at this point. I probably put me in jail, put me in some kind Honestly. of psychiatric facility, um, study me. I would put myself mm -hmm. in like re I would go to Harvard. Can you guys study me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The, just the the fact that it's being acquitted. I just like like I said with like the car crash like example. If you accidentally kill someone with your car, you still go to yeah. jail. Well, I don't know if you go to jail unless like you were like you under the influence, right? Like if you didn't break a law and somebody but steps you still in front have of consequences, you. Though. There's still some sort of consequences. I don't think you'd be completely. I don't acquitted. think they are. Really? I think it depends. Like if you're. No, I think there is. If you accidentally hit somebody and I mean, they like, died, I think you do get in trouble for it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, look that up and see. Depends if you're like obeying traffic laws. If you're, you're obeying strong. traffic laws, right? You're, you're doing mm -hmm. the speed limit. You're going down what 95th, and you're doing 30 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. You have a green light, and a pedestrian runs, runs out in, in front, front of, of your of car or yeah. walks out in front of your car, but you're paying attention, and they measure your tire marks. Did you try to stop? Mm -hmm. And that person ended up passing away. You don't. That's on. That unfortunately, mm -hmm. that victim is actually the one who's at fault. Yeah, that's why they're like jaywalking laws. Right. That's where there are jaywalking laws. It says mm -hmm. drivers who strike pedestrians can face criminal and civil consequences depending on the circumstances mm -hmm. of the crash. Mm -hmm. Criminal penal criminal penalties might include incarceration or probation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can. They don't say will. It just depends it on says the situation. What yeah. when you, so 
Mm. It just also depends on the uh, kind of the situation. But I still think I don't think you ever can just walk away or quit it. Like I think. Well, that's right there. What does that say? Oh, this is Canadian law. This is this is Canadian law. What are theirs? Do they have it? They have manslaughter. See, he should have like because somebody still died. This is not a murder. I don't know what that even means. Five cents, killing newborn baby. Oh. Different, very different second degree murder include any murder defined as a sexual abuse and does not meet the definition of person. I don't know. Um, I think law is interesting, but it's too much reading for me. You guys already know that I don't have kids. I have trouble with pronunciation. It's very interesting. The law is very, very interesting. Yes. Um, so I found a very interesting article posted on neuroethics in 2015. Mm -hmm. It's called while you were sleepwalking, science and neurobiology of sleep disorders mm -hmm. and the enigma of legal responsibility of violence during parasomnia. So it, it explains like parasomnias and stuff, but it also goes in depth about, with the Kenneth, Kenneth Parks case specifically, about what they did to like research his background and how it relates to law. Mm -hmm. And one like really good note to end that I found was even though a parasomniac's complete lack of consciousness warrants acquittal from criminal liability this does not mean they are withdrawn from responsibility of making sure that they do not expose themselves to factors that may trigger a parasomnia episode so like even if you are able to be legally acquitted for the murder you are still responsible for making sure that you are not under like the stressful circumstances to trigger another episode hmm. and I feel like there should be some sort of repercussion in that sense if you are you know being neglectful of your condition and the triggers that could lead up to it there should be something that should account for that yeah man this is a you guys, very, very interesting case. So mm -hmm. are we are we a hung jury or are we saying not guilty or what what are we what are we saying here? Jury Justin Park. says not guilty. Jura <laughs> Justin says not yeah, guilty. I would have to say that. Jura Lena says not guilty. I wouldn't want to make any type of decision. <laughs> Mia, I'm with you, bro. Like, like this, I yeah. just, I wouldn't want to be the one to say he's not guilty or he is guilty. No, I would want out. <laughs> I, I don't, I couldn't. I hate to say live with myself again, but like, I feel like I wouldn't want to be responsible with sending him to jail. Yeah. And I wouldn't be want to be responsible for letting a man go who needs to be in jail. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like he should have served some sort of time. Whether I'm comfortable with that facility yeah. or in jail some for some sort of time even mm -hmm. if it was for like a couple years yeah. just because a life was lost yeah whether it was mm -hmm. your fault you were associated with that and so it's kind of like whether yeah. you were conscious or not you caused it yeah so yeah. I the evidence is good and I want to say based on the evidence you know not guilty I, I feel like I want more evidence I know that this is 1987 again and you're not gonna have that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um, but based on the family history you know mm, the adrenaline's got me with the cuts so I'm not even gonna go there <laughs> um, 
yeah, I just and and as a his defense attorney, I would have um probably asked him like, would you be against going to a psychiatric mm-hmm. facility or get mm-hmm. like would you be yeah. against saying that I'm not guilty, however, I'm willing to be accountable yeah. in some type mm-hmm. of way. Um, that would have been some I couldn't have probably been his attorney, so um yeah. <laughs> I'd be like I'm as lost as you Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. I, I just don't it's know. It's a tough case. It's a very tough case. But I think in the end all be all I would either try to put it out on the judge <laughs> or I would say not guilty. Wow. Yeah. I'm hesitant to put it on the judge. I don't know if it's because of like my exposure with just media and movies or yeah. just the negative outlook that I have on the American judicial system. Mm-hmm. I do not. But this is Canada. We don't know. That's true. So They're, I can't make. You know, yeah. the Canadians could be different up mm-hmm. there with their with their yeah. judges that and their true. wigs. Mm-hmm. And that and is just my negative bias too. So. And and thank you for pointing that out because mm-hmm. we all have bias and. Mm-hmm. This, this is a little bit of research. Shout out to my husband. This is some of his research that he's doing. He's trying to extract people's bias, biases. I don't know how you say it. Biases, bias. Biases. Bias When it comes to uh, jury decision making in um, um, cases of like um, police officers shooting mm-hmm. and killing their victims. So that's something that he's looking at is jury decision making. In, in cases like this. So shout out to Zion. He would love this comment that you said about pointing out your own bias. I never point mm-hmm. mine out because I'm always right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but this was a very interesting case. I want mm-hmm. to thank you guys so much um, for discussing this case today. You guys were awesome. You guys, um, any anything else you want to say about the case or any, how, we, how y'all want to, anything you want to say here? All I want to say is in my personal opinion I think and I said this before he should have got manslaughter mm-hmm. all I'm gonna say I mean I don't I mean if I was like that's, that's all I'm gonna say it's like messed up like punish him punish him <laughs> again he did kill someone whether mm-hmm. it was on purpose or yeah. accident because manslaughter that's the purpose of having manslaughter mm-hmm. it was a non-motivated murder yeah because mm-hmm. murder is when you premeditate it yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I've said my final thoughts because I, I feel like we could talk about this forever. Oh, but for sure. my final thoughts, um, not regarding the case, or I guess sort of regarding the case, is if, like Tracy and I, if you are prone to sleepwalking, make sure never to, make sure to get enough sleep and not, make sure to get enough sleep, especially if you are in stressful situations, because otherwise you may end up like Kenneth Parks <laughs> and you may not get acquitted, <laughs> which <laughs> might suck. And stay away from tire irons and possibly yeah. cars. <laughs> <laughs> stop driving, stop buying tire irons. Stop um, gambling at all costs. Don't gamble. Ever. Don't do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's been fun. Thanks for having me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> me. Thanks for having me, even though I come every week. No. <laughs> yeah, this was great. Mia, you have any, any closing arguments? statements? I'm just thinking maybe we can do more research on like other cases of people being sleep deprived and mm-hmm. like did something bad rather than sleepwalking because I don't know how I feel about the sleepwalking thing. Mm-hmm. I just feel like 
maybe when you're so sleep deprived you get you don't know what you're doing and i feel like maybe we could look into more like other murder cases and them not sleeping for a few days if that's why so and also i feel like you can drive when you're mm-hmm. sleep deprived mm-hmm. yeah i definitely so. agree but you should not drive while you're sleep deprived. It's akin to drunk driving, everyone. Yeah. Do not do <laughs> that. Walmart, you can park in a Walmart yep. and sleep there legally yes for free. <laughs> yes, you can. But make sure to be safe and cover you your windows. <laughs> I've been on many road trips <laughs> <laughs> where I felt too tired. <laughs> Being a responsible driver. I think that next time we will dive into another case to see. Maybe we'll look at, like you said, um, sleep deprivation. Another um, parasomnia that I find very interesting and I feel like it's used a lot in American law cases is sexomnia. You guys know about the sexomnia parasomnia? Oh, is that where like you have sex in your, while you're sleeping? Yeah, it's the, no. the, person, the person with this sleep disorder carries out sexual behaviors during sleep. This may include actual inter- intercourse, masturbation, sexual assault, fondling uh, your bed partner, or vocalizations. Now, this is the thing where people that have been charged with sexual assault will say that they were sleeping. Mm. Or that they had no idea that they were actually asleep. And it's also a type of parasomnia. No, no. Mm-hmm. So, See, that's, that's where I'm like, mm. So we're going we're gonna to research this some more, see how it affects the brain. And, of course, like Justin brought it home and he talked about educating our patients, since this is our clinical sleep education class, educating our patients on what to do and what not to do. Of course, keep yourself safe. Mm-hmm. Make sure your home in, and your sleep environment is safe. Um, maybe m- give someone else the keys to put up where you, you, you don't know mm-hmm. where they are, yeah, for, you exactly. know, um, and things of that nature, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us on our Sweet Dreams podcast. You guys, be safe. If you hear of anything interesting, let us know. We'll research it and talk about it, and maybe we'll acquit some people. Yes. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.